Pastor Xavier Reese with some straight talk about the problem of opposition in the church. We're not to give Satan an opportunity or a foothold, Ephesians 4.28 says. If you let him get a foot in, he will get his arm in, then his head, then his entire body. The simple truth is that if Christians allowed the Lord to use them as much as they allow Satan to use them, what power and witness we would see in the church. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. The world has succeeded in removing the Ten Commandments from public places. They have also been successful at removing prayer in the schools. But could it be possible that perhaps the world is not the church's most deadly adversary? Today, as he continues his timely series, The Nature of the Church, Pastor Xavier deals with what just may be an even greater problem. Let's listen as he brings us the simple truths of the opposition within the church. What I want to do is look at three types of people. People who tear down body life within the church, we want to focus on that. The first type of people that tear down the body life of the church are people who are murmurs. A murmur is a chronic complainer about anything and everything. They complain about the facilities, the studies, the parking, the length of the message, why the church doesn't do certain things and why the church doesn't do other things. Three days after crossing the Red Sea, Exodus 15, 23 through 24, the children of Israel began murmuring against Moses for the lack of water. Now remember, they, he just delivered them from Egypt. They've been in bondage 430 years. They've seen God do a miracle and part the Red Sea, kill the entire Egyptian army, and now they're murmuring about water. All it took is three days. (laughs) All the congregation murmured against Moses and Aaron for the lack of food in Exodus 16 too. God is always proving us to see if we will trust and commit ourselves to walk with him or murmur. God leads us in order to prove us and reveal what is in our heart. Deuteronomy 8, 2 and 3 tells us. God will allow me to walk in this life and he will purposely lead me in certain ways to prove me. Not that he doesn't know what's in my heart, but to prove me, to manifest my heart so that I might know it. You understand? The believer is to do all things without murmuring and disputing that we may become blameless and sincere, the sons of God, without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom we are to shine as lights in the world, Philippians 2.14. That doesn't mean that we don't stand up for right or wrong. That doesn't mean that we can't call attention when something is wrong. We're not talking about that. That's a given. Murmuring is the lack of trusting God and trusting oneself, hindering the work of God, much like the Grecian Hebrew widows who murmured about being neglected but the apostles were wise enough to resolve it in Acts 6.1, appointing men to give that distribution. They would not be distracted from prayer and the word of God, teaching it. Oh, how many churches and leaders have been hindered, if not destroyed, by murmurers. 
Rather than murmuring, we are to commit ourselves to God in our sufferings as a faithful creator, 1 Peter 4.19 says. Kind of a strange verse, isn't it? <laughs> Paul again says in Philippians 2.14, do all things without murmuring and disputing. Because what we do, we do as unto the Lord and for the Lord. And because we believe God has called us and equipped us to do the work for the Lord. If you're a murmurer, repent. <laughs> it's simple. The first type of people that tear down the body life of the church are people who are murmurs. The second type of people that tear down the body life in the church are people who are discouragers. A discourager is one who seems to be unable to step out and go forward any time they see the situation beyond their own understanding, power, and ability. They limit God by their own limitation, as the psalmist says they did in the wilderness in Psalm 78, 41. Too often when you are exposed to the things of God, you can become overexposed and you lose the picture as Israel did in the wilderness. Now, some of you who are old enough still remember when we had to go by film to take pictures. You had to go in a dark place, put it in. And then when you remove it, you have to make sure it didn't unroll because then it would be overexposed to the light and you would lose the pictures. Okay? But when you're around God and the life of God and the church that God is running, sometimes because we are so familiar with the things of God, we can lose the privilege and the benefits of God. And so what we do is we turn to our own reason and our own rationale, and we limit God. They always see the glass half empty rather than half full. The ten who spied the land only saw the giants and the walled cities against their own potential, while Caleb and Joshua, the two, saw the land God had promised. Numbers 13, 25 through chapter 14, verse 10. God said, I have given you the land. Everywhere your foot shall tread, I have given it to you. And he defined the boundaries, north to south, east to west. In all the kingdom of David, all the kingdom of Solomon, in all the days of Joshua, they never, ever possessed all the land that God gave them to the present day. They fell short of what God wanted to do for them and give them. They did not obey God. They did not trust God. If you cannot agree with what God is doing in the church you're attending, go find one that you can agree with and get involved doing the work of the kingdom of God. Simple. If not, and you want to stay, do not hinder the work of God. Simple. Obedience and faith every time a person is born again is the standard. God takes the foolish things, the weak things, to confound the things that are mighty in order that no man should glory. In this presence, Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27 and 29. Jeremiah 33, 3. You remember the sermon. I still do. Call to me, and I will answer you, 
and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. You've got to go to God. God has placed a treasure in this earthen vessel that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of ourselves, 2 Corinthians 4, 7. The secret is that the vessel must be broken so as not to obstruct the light. You remember God gave him the instructions. Joshua, you take some pictures, put lanterns in them, and the sword. And all at one time, every one of you yell, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon, and you break the pictures all together at the same time so the light can be seen. The problem is we get enamored with the vessel and we want people to look at the vessel rather than having the vessel broken so that the light of Jesus Christ can be seen. He's the important one. He's the one that's directing and guiding. Jesus said, old wineskins cannot hold new wine. They will tear, Matthew 9, 17. There are two things that characterize discouraging people. They walk by sight and trust in their own abilities and potential. And second, they hinder the blessings of God, wants to give and rob others of seeing God work. We are to walk by faith, not by sight, as the children of Abraham, 2 Corinthians 5, 7. If you're a discourager, repent. The second type of people that tear down body life in the church are people who are discouragers. The third and last type of people who tear down body life are people who are divisive. These are individuals who are strong-opinioned, either contrary to the teaching or common vision of the elders and the pastors at times. They appear to be genuinely concerned by their conversation. But they attempt to create doubt and suspicion to undermine the authority of church leadership. You know, I, I know you've been here a long time, and that's why I'm, 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 I want to ask you these questions because I know that you know the word and you're real spiritual. They're setting you up. They appear to have the interests of both the people and the leadership, but they're interested in their own agenda. They appear to be wanting to resolve issues rather than to create problems. Did you notice the repeated word? Appear. It appears. It's not so. Their words and conduct are a cover-up for their evil heart and intents. There are three types of divisive people. The ones who do it ignorantly due to being new in Christ, who get sucked in by those who know what they're doing. Second, those who are willfully ignorant, ignoring the scriptures and what they know to be true. And then there are those who do it deliberately, fully knowing what they are doing. I remember a young man when we first were all born again in West Covina. We started in called Hidden Manna in uh, 77. And there was a young man, very talented in music, had a great gift, but he was a wolf. And he attempted to divide the church 
and he created many problems. We were all young. We, we didn't know what was going on. And then he went on to divide up two other churches. And this has been the nature of this man's life. There are some people that do that. They just go from place to place. They're, they're, they're Tasmanian devils. The simple truth is that if Christians allowed the Lord to use them as much as they allow Satan to use them, what power and witness we would see in and through the church. We're not ignorant of Satan's devices, Paul says, so we shouldn't fall into them, 2 Corinthians 2.10. We studied the scriptures. We know who he is. He's a liar. He's a destroyer. The longer you walk with Christ, the more you appreciate God's patience with people. <laughs> We're not to give Satan an opportunity or a foothold, Ephesians 4.28 says. If you let him get a foot in, he will get his arm in, then his head, then his entire body. We are to know that Satan is as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, 1 Peter 5.8. He is looking for those who are carnal and those who are sleeping. We are to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its desires, Romans 13, 14. This comes by constantly crucifying the old man that is taught in Romans 5, 12 to chapter 8, verse 31. Daily picking up my cross, saying no to the old man, walking in the spirit, refusing to walk in the flesh. The enemy, Satan, does the most harm when he uses people within the church to divide and to tear down body life. Satan and his messengers, as you know, can transform themselves into angels of light, 2 Corinthians 11, 13 through 14. How do we know who is talking to us? Simple. If you know God's word. If you know God's word, you know whether it's God talking to you, Satan talking to you, or someone that's off the wall. Simple. You've got to know God's word. If you do not know God's word, then how are you going to determine who's talking to you? Korah, if you remember, raised 250 men up against Moses and Aaron in Numbers 16. They, they said, Moses, you and Aaron have taken too much upon yourself. Do you guys think that God can only speak through you? And what Korah wanted was to step into the office of Moses, and yet God had called him to the priesthood in his own position. And Moses says, well, you know, I, I don't think we have, but let, let's let God make the judgment on it. So tomorrow God will show you who he has chosen. And he says, now, let's, let's ask God to do something weird. If, if we're at fault, then let him open up the earth and swallow us. But if you're wrong, then let that happen to you. <laughs> but the attitude of Moses and Aaron was to intercede for them that God would be merciful to them but God wasn't God opened up the ears and swallowed them you see now scriptures like this can be used by pastors to try to intimidate people that should never be the case but certainly a pastor should teach in the context the reason for God chastening because they were stepping into areas that God never called them they were really charging God and coming against God you understand and hindering the work of God. 
Aaron went along with the people who were dischanted, if you remember, as Moses delayed on the mountain. And so Aaron went along and he made a golden calf and then made a feast to the Lord in the worship of that calf in Exodus 32, 1 through 5. Aaron, brother of Mo, high priest. Aaron was taken in by the people's division. Aaron was spared by the intercession of Moses. So when there is division, attack, or whatever, if the leadership is godly, they will pray for those individuals, but they will not tolerate the division, the discouragement, or any other thing. You understand? Others are more subtle like Shemaiah, who was a secret informer for Sambalat, the Hornite against Nehemiah, in the plot to kill him in chapter 6, verse 10. He wanted him to come out to, oh, no, that should have been the first clue. Oh, no, I can't go. <laughs> I'm doing the work of God. How can I leave it? <laughs> These are the more treacherous because they have been so close to you within ministry. You've confided in them. You've done work together. You've walked with God. And there's a betrayal, a treachery. If you're a divisive person, repent. There once was a king who was at odds with his son for the evil he had committed. And he banished him from his kingdom, but in time the son was allowed to return. Through the process of time, the son began to mingle among the people. And he would go to the city gate where judgment was made. And he would say things like, if I were king, I would hear and attend to every man's matter. And I would give him justice, stealing the hearts of the people. And one day, he declared himself to be king and he chased his father out of the kingdom. The king was David. The son was Absalom. Treachery. Divisive people believe they must be heard. And the tragic result is that no matter how small the division may be, the people are the ones who always get hurt. Divisive people are not interested in you. They're interested in them and their costs and their importance. The people that are pulled away from the fellowship of the church by divisions often end up either gossiping or slandering the past church where they go. And if you haven't changed your ways and you were at fault, it's just a matter of time, you'll do it again. Simple. Through the years, I have seen people who leave the church murmuring, and nothing ever good comes from it. Nothing. People get messed up. They end up bitter and untrusting the church and leaders and pastors. So they don't really trust or fellowship anywhere regularly. And they get this kind of mentality, well, you know, I've been burned by pastors and churches, so I just, you know. So I ask people sometimes, you know, when they're up here at church and afterward, I'm, I pray for you, I ask you a question, maybe you're a visitor, I say, well, you, um, where do you go to church? You go, oh, I don't go to church, I just go wherever God leads me every Sunday. Oh, I say, you're a flake, okay. It's just like you ask me, where do you live? Oh, I, I don't live. I just kind of go here and wherever I spend one night here and there. You would say, you're a leech. 
I have a home where I live. Now, I have friends. I visit them, but that's not my rule. I have a home where I live, right? You may visit a church when you travel, whatever it is, but there's a church that you're to belong to. Now, if you're shipwrecked on an island, then have home church. When you're in a city, you find a church. And don't just go to church, but you be the church. Jesus said, woe to the world because of offenses. For offenses must come, but woe to the man by whom the offenses come, Matthew 18, 7. Divisive people demonstrate four things regarding their persons. First, they are dishonest. Second, they are disloyal. Thirdly, they are deceptive. Fourthly, they are destructive. They sometimes don't know it, thinking they are right and doing God's service, which is the greatest evidence of deception. Romans 16, 70 says, Now I urge you, brethren, Note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learn and avoid them. Straightforward. Divisive people reveal they are carnal, producing many of the works of the flesh that are given to us. 1 Corinthians 11, down to 13, 3, 3. Galatians 5, 19 through 21 gives you the works of the flesh. You have people walking and confronting others in their sin nature, the old man. That only ignites more trouble. You have a battle of words and wills. You have people who think the church is a democracy instead of the bride of Christ under the authority of the scriptures. 1 Timothy 3, 14 and 15 says, These things I write to you, Paul writing to Timothy, though I hope to come to you shortly, but if I am delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and grounds of the church, of the truth. And there he outlines exactly elders, deacons, and how they're to confront things, widows and elders and everything else, so he knows how to run the church. First Timothy, Second Timothy, Titus are the only pastoral epistles that we have on how to run the church. God desires to do great and wondrous things, but we must not be ignorant or ignore the examples taught in Scripture. Paul put it this way in Romans 15, 4. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we, through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. In 1 Corinthians 10, 11 and 12. Now all these things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Therefore, let him who thinks he stand Take heed lest he fall. The third type of people who tear down body life are people who are divisive. And so, these are the three types of people who tear down body life in the church from within. People who are murmurs. Beware that you are not contaminated by murmurs. People who are discouragers, beware that you are not discouraged to trust God, but instead your own potential and the circumstances alone. People who are divisive, beware that you are not used to divide the body of Christ by any means or for any reason. And God will bless you. God will use you. And so, the opposition within the church, nobody ever talks about it. 
We've got so much teaching in the scriptures and examples. God help us. The nature of the church. Pastor Xavier Reese closes today's program with the simple truth about what it takes to maintain harmony within the family of God, the church. Now, you can request a copy of today's crucial study called Opposition Within the Church. As always, it's available on CD for just $4. And the message you'll receive will contain the complete and uninterrupted presentation, including everything we heard last time as well. The title to ask for once again is Opposition Within the Church. Or simply mention today's date when you write Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And don't forget to include the call letters of this station when you contact us. It's been said that if you aim for nothing, you're liable to hit it. Next time we're together, Pastor Xavier Reese will talk about the importance of the church and her vision. That's right here on Simple Truths. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 